0: Thank you for listening to the Lunchpail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're back for a second episode of the week on the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Everybody's still here. We have... Aiden, we have Bart, we have Wyatt, and we have Jared. And we're talking about some football today. We're going to do some college first and some NFL second, and it's all cash or trash theme. You know our beloved segment, cash or trash, where we say whether certain takes, certain people, certain moves are cash or whether they are trash. We're going to start off with some college football. So as the college football season grows ever closer by the day, we're going to go through the biggest <laughs> off-season coaching hires and cash or trash, whether these off-season hires we're actually good. And we're going to focus on ones we haven't discussed as much before. So we won't be talking about Marcus Freeman for Notre Dame. But we will be talking um, about Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> we have not talked about Brian Kelly in the context of how he succeeded at LSU. Okay, so that's that's true. why I included it. Um, so we're going to start off with Dan Lanning, who got hired at Oregon. Jared, cash or trash, whether this is a good hire.
0: I can never balk at a chance to talk some Pac 12 fo- college football. I'm cashing this 100%. I'm I'm also especially cashing that he will leave in four years because (laughs) uh, Oregon coaches never stay longer than four years. Like, since their last coach to stay longer than four years was Mike Bellotti, which, like, was before I even watched football. Uh, So since Chip Kelly, like, it was Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich, Willie Taggart, Mario Cristobal, they've all left, except for Helfrich, actually. But they've all left for better opportunities within four years. So... This is not a destination school unless you're like a West Coast guy or alumni. So Dan Lanning for sure will not be there in four years. But in those four years, I think he's going to do some good stuff, I think. They're going to be a little bit limited on offense. Like I know ESPN loves Bo Nix, especially when he was a freshman. But his stats are not that good at all. In fact, Anthony Brown, Oregon's quarterback last season, had a better season last year. More touchdowns, higher completion percentage. I was actually surprised to see that, but... They're going to be limited on offense. They're going to have to be a run-first team again. Defense, though, I think they're going to be really good. I know every defensive coordinator wants to talk about, oh, we prioritize speed and like aggression and stuff, but I think he actually lives that out. He runs a 3-3-5 which means you have to have speed if you're going to
2: put five DBs on the field, right? Dude, at first I thought you were saying he runs a three-three-five forty, And I was like, how is that relevant? <laughs> <how> is that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, did so specify yeah. 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 <laughs> a three, three, five defensive scheme. <laughs> um, I, th-
0: and I think honestly that Oregon has the athletes to run this scheme. They, they have a five star, at least one five star corner on their roster. And maybe their D line is not going to be as good. They're not going to have Jordan Davis, obviously but I think they'll be able to hold their own in order to let you run that scheme. So all things are coming together pretty well in terms of the talent. They've had the best recruiting class every year since 2019, at least. So basically everybody on that roster is part of a recruiting class. That was the best in the PAC 12. It's going to be really cool to see him try to recruit against Lincoln Riley now. And obviously he was at Georgia. He had the best recruiting classes, but he was part of that. He was part of bringing that in. So theoretically should be a good recruiter. I'm really excited to see, how they do like they're gonna get slaughtered in their first game they're playing georgia their very first game he's gonna get slaughtered but after that give him some time their toughest matchups they avoid usc um their toughest matchup is probably byu after that Mm. and that's in the third week i think they're gonna have a lot of momentum i'm i'm really excited to see this team specifically next year so i'm cashing long-winded cash that he's gonna do good do well
1: all right i'm gonna ask this of everybody jared how many what do you think oregon's record is gonna be next year
0: Ten wins, I think ten and ten and two. I don't know if they're going to win their bowl game. I'm not going to predict that, or their or the con- yeah, yeah. Pac-12 just, championship. But regular season, I say <clears throat> ten and two. Yeah,
1: just regular season record. Yeah. All right, Wyatt, you're up next. What do you think with uh, Dan Lanning?
3: Um, you know, I'm not nearly as excited as Jared is. I'm, I'm going to trash it. I think that if you're Oregon, you're naturally going to draw some decent recruits, just being the fact that you're Oregon. But they have, like Jared said, they have Bo Nix. Like, that's their quarterback. He's, <laughs> he's leading their quarterback room. Bo Nix has been in college football for like the last 10 years. You could have fooled me. <laughs> At least that's what I thought. Yeah. And he just hasn't exactly panned out to be great. Having a defensive coach, like, as your, your head coach, has not really, I mean, maybe it's just wrong because Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, but like it doesn't really feel like that that's the way that that you win or at least you draw in a lot of recruits and at least Nick Saban can say that he has had a handful of really successful offensive coordinators come through his his program I and mean, we all call it the Nick Saban rehabilitation center where they just bring in like a you know random guy and then they move on and they get a huge job somewhere in the future i don't know if Oregon's like exactly going to have that it just feels like they've capped out over the last couple of years and i don't, and Maybe look Dan Lennon could be the guy that turns it all around, I say with air quotes, but I feel like they just need like a big time coach to come there and actually draw some real buzz there. I don't know if Dan they Lennon. They never does will for though. Me. They'll never. But get they that never guy. but they won't. <clears throat> Last guy was Chip Kelly, I think.
0: And you know. But he became a name at Oregon. He wasn't a big name before. Mm-hmm. It Would, be my, touche, it would be my thing. You know, I'm just That's not a, to say Dan Laning can't do the same thing.
3: I'm not saying he can. He's just not as high on. He seems like a very smart, very Nine smart minutes. coach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nine wins. Okay. 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 Mel Tucker also, by the way, was a defensive coach from the like Nick Saban coaching tree. They've done fine, <clears throat> I would say. Yeah. Defensive coaches. Anyway, sorry. Enough about the Pac-12. Yes. Take it away. You can, have your, you
1: can listen to Jerry Go on for, for weeks about it. But <laughs> next up, we're going to an old, an old friend, Brian Kelly, uh, who is hired at LSU. I'm first up, um, and I think Ooh. I'm going to slightly cash this one as a good hire. Oh, man. Um, it takes a lot of personal growth for me to admit it. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I don't think it's like 100% a slam dunk hire. So looking at the pros of the hire, uh, Kelly's had a ton of success at every place he's gone. Uh, but I want to look specifically at Notre Dame and Cincy. Um, Cincy, which is like now the Notre Dame coach factory, we've seen like <laughs> Freeman coming from there and Kelly coming from there. But in every single season at Cincy, Kelly put in at least ten wins, and they finished in the top twenty-five. It's culminated with a twelve-and-zero season in which Bearcats finished the season ranked at eight. They were fourth going into the Sugar Bowl, but he abandoned them before the Sugar Bowl, uh, which seems to be a theme of his coaching career—abandoning um, teams before bowl games. But that was the highest they'd been ranked at any point until this year when they finished fourth and made the playoff. Um, and at Notre Dame, Kelly was just as impressive. He took a program that hadn't really sniffed a national title in close to two decades um, and then took them to the national championship game in 2012 and then two subsequent playoff appearances in 2018 and 2020. But I don't think this hires a slam dunk for two main reasons. One, Kelly could get Notre Dame to big games, but they never really want them. Um, with ex- the exception of the Clemson win in 2020, he really always failed on the biggest stage, and he's going to have to perform on the biggest stage even more at LSU with all those top SEC opponents. And second, his inability to develop quarterbacks, I think, is not or is an area of concern. I think it's like a pretty big rule of modern college football that you need a really good quarterback to win. I guess Georgia might slightly disprove that this past year, but I feel like generally the rule is you need a really good quarterback um, to win. And pretty much every quarterback Kelly coached. Or maybe Ian Book, I think, regressed under his tenure, and there were no real studs in the mix. Um, and I think that's going to have to change if he wants to succeed at LSU. Uh, so, for record prediction, I think they'll go 9-3. and three. I think they'll be solid, but very far outside the elite of the SEC. Aiden, what do you think? Or Bart, what do you think? <laughs>
2: <clears throat> uh, I agree with most of what you said. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, it depends basically how you define success. In terms of winning a title, I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to break that streak of, what is it, three consecutive LSU coaches have (laughs) won a title there. So I, I don't expect him to have that level of success. Like Lucas said, he seems to bungle the big games. Um, I do think though, yeah, I think he's going to be solid long term. Like I think he's going to consistently be putting in the, like the nine to eleven win range, just like Notre Dame did. Um, he's a solid recruiter. Obviously, he's like a good coach schematically. I think he'll be fine, as he's as he's been saying. Recruiting in LSU is, <laughs> for lack of a better word, easier. Uh, so I think that will more or less offset the increased difficulty he'll see in the SEC. But on that specific note, my prediction that for this upcoming season is worse than Lucas's. I say they go seven and five. Uh, I don't I think agree. they're going to have a ton. Of, it's like a pretty makeshift roster right now. The quarterback battle is like still up in the air and it's probably going to last into the fall. Um, I mean, like I, I consider like Bama, A&M, and Ole Miss are probably all guaranteed losses. And they've got Auburn. They've got Mississippi State. They've got, like, they've got a Tennessee. They've got a bunch of games that they might lose. And I'm just going to – maybe this is my Brian Kelly bias seeping in, but I'm going to assume that all the things that may or may not go wrong for him in this first season are going to go wrong. So I say 7-5. <laughs>
0: I agree. That's where I kind of pegged them to. Alright. Up next, we're
1: going to move uh, to Brent Venables, who was hired by Oklahoma this past offseason. Spent a long time at Clemson as a defensive coordinator. Before that, Aiden, cash or trash this hire?
4: Cash, I think it's a good hire. I feel like everyone has been kind of after Venables for a while. So, um, good for Oklahoma getting him. But I, I think their record first year is going to be 9-3. and three. They'll likely have a good ish defense given venables but his guys aren't here yet so you also lost caleb williams spencer rattler some other guys they did bring in <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> spencer rattler i'm sure they're losing on a sleepover losing yeah. um but dylan gabriel they brought in the ex-ucf quarterback who thrived as a <laughs> freshman hasn't been quite as good since so he's a bit of a question mark he's coming off of a broken collarbone it'll be interesting to see like how he does this year um, I do feel like Oklahoma's due for a bad year. So I, I really wanted them to kind of be off this year because they, they've been so consistent, or at least they were so consistent under Lincoln Riley. But their schedule is honestly pretty easy. So I, I feel like 9-3 and three is where they're headed. Really no difficult out-of-conference games. They just have to beat the usual meh Big 12 suspects. Um, though Texas will maybe be much better this year. We'll see. So I, I think I have Texas winning the big 12 though again did i say that last year maybe uh don't don't check the tape yeah (laughs) exactly um but oklahoma is still going to be one of the better teams in the big 12 as far as i'm concerned so they will not be bad even though venables doesn't yet you know have his guys and some people left to to follow riley
1: Yeah, I'm going to also cash, I think, that it's a good hire. He's, like, an Oklahoma guy, too. He was there from 99 to 2011, so, like, he has some familiarity with the program. He was there when they won a title in 2000, uh, which I think is especially important, like, having that, like, Oklahoma history for people to trust him because Lincoln Riley clearly bolted at the first opportunity to leave and saw it as a stepping stone. I think, think Venables would be a guy who would stick around. Um, he's shown his, shown his strength putting together a defense at Clemson they won a couple of national titles when he was a defensive coordinator so yeah I think it's a good hire I'm more optimistic again than the other person on the other <laughs> side I think they're going to go 11-1 and one. like I think they're just the, the Big 12 is not very good like and they still have a, a good talent base I think they'll split Oklahoma State and Texas mm-hmm. and win the rest of them so I think they'll kind of maintain the level that they've been at for the past few years or not even few years the past like a couple decades basically
0: they're not taking down Texas, not with Quinn Ewers down there.
1: Yeah, true. The highest rated recruit ever, tied with Vince Young. Excuse you. <laughs> tied, with Vince Young. tied greatest recruit ever.
0: He's um, gray hair though. Uh,
4: that's got to count for something. That wins the tiebreaker over Vince yeah, Young. that's, that's, <laughs> that that's true. That yeah. is the tiebreaker.
1: <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Billy Napier. He's going to coach at Florida. Wyatt, cash or trash.
3: Uh, you know, I'll cash it. I actually don't know a whole lot about Bill, Bill Napier. <clears throat> I did a little bit of research before uh, the, today. Even though he's 42, he seems to have touched every corner of college football you probably can. He was viewed highly as a recruiter for Saban and Dabo. He was an offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback coach, and he was an assistant head coach You know, since he was 26 years old up until now. And then now, of course, he's the head coach of the Florida Gators. Florida will also unveil their $85 million facility this season. And then they've reassured Napier that he will receive high scouting budget and a huge recruiting team as well. So it seems that Florida is all in on kind of building a really good program and giving Napier the resources that he needs in order to recruit at a high level. He recruited for Saban and Dabo, you know, for years, and they loved him for it. And he was also a really high recruit, uh, recruiter at his previous college, so – I think he's going to be able to get a lot of good guys in the building. I mean, ultimately, he's going to have to win games. And as an X's and O's type co- coach, I don't really know what he brings to the table. But it clearly, as a guy who's going to bring talented people into the building, he has the capability of doing that. And Aiden, I think you said it on Brent Venables, is that he doesn't, he won't have his guys. Well, with the transfer portal and everything that you have mm-hmm. to get people in, he really only needs a year to get his guys in. You know get going to transfer portal dip a little bit here dip a little bit here of course your regular recruits coming out of high school so i mean give him a year and i think that i can have some sweet players there the first year might be rough but i gave him some time he what do you think
4: yeah i'm going trash on this one um and not because <laughs> i think philly napier is actually that bad he seems he has a good resume he did a lot of good stuff at louisiana clearly um <laughs> I just feel like it's it's a tough situation to go into Florida, where he's kind of a, like, not big name coming in. I'm sure Florida was shopping for the big names because they are one of those kind of blue-bloody, famous <laughs> college football programs. Mm-hmm. So I think his leash is kind of short, and they were bad last year. The recruiting classes have been not great. Like, obviously, on the scale of the national rankings, they're not awful. But for Florida and for the SEC, they're not great. 2022, I think, is number 20 class. For 2023, they're number 27 class at the moment. So if they're not good immediately, which based on last year and based on, I feel like, the team they have heading into this year where they seem like they have a kind of an upstart QB in Anthony Richardson. There's a lot of hype around him. Todd McShay has him as like a top 10 draft pick next year. Uh, he's a good backflipper. That's what he's known for in his pregame rituals. So that's that's worth something. Um, yeah, does, does that top hair? I think so. Does that top Quinn yeah. Evers' hair? I, I think. Maybe, uh, but maybe. I'm not sold on him yet either. I feel like last year he played a bit. He was kind of erratic through six touchdowns, five interceptions. Really struggled against Georgia, though I guess who didn't, I guess. Um, so how they do this year will really be up to him. And I think they're going to go like seven and five. I think they're going to be kind of on par with what they did last year. I don't really expect him to be like an absolute like Heisman, you know, game changer or whatnot, given their tough schedule and given that they're kind of light on talent in terms of what we're used to with Florida. So I think this year is going to be tough. And I think if he doesn't turn it around quickly, if a big name kind of enters the coaching portal, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida jumps ship to try to lower them.
1: What? Give me a record, too, for Napier. I forgot to ask.
3: Nine and three.
1: Whoa, that's pretty mm. good.
3: That's my fallback. <laughs> All
1: right. Last up, we're going to Mario Cristobal. He's taking over at Miami. Bart, cash or trash, a good higher.
2: I'm going to cash this one. I'm excited for him. I think it's solid. Um, Cristobal is interesting because like, we basically know how he did at Oregon I don't think his time at Florida International is like useful for anything because playing in the Sun Belt is like a different beast entirely from the Pac-12 and the ACC but yeah I mean I'm I'm excited for him first and foremost he's an excellent recruiter apparently uh, and it shows because like apparently when he signed on they were like the 70th class or something and now they're in the teens I think they were 16th when I checked so he's jumped them up a lot and, obviously, I think this is probably part of the reason he went there. It's beneficial because he's closer to the south. He's closer to a whole bunch of recruits down there, Florida recruits even specifically. So that's going to help him a lot. I think he's going to be solid. I mean, nothing at Oregon indicated that he's a bad coach. He, he, we got four full seasons out of him and, like, you know, consistently rock solid, like, win totals. So I think he's going to be about that same way here. I think the one knock, like, people will say, like, he can't win the big, the big games. Like why did they get blown out by Utah twice last season? Like that's yeah, very underwhelming. Maybe Utah just had his number. I don't know how to answer that. But anyways, as far as this season goes, I think they'll be fine. I think I'm gonna say nine and three for my prediction. I'm chalking up a And M and Clemson as locked in losses, and then I, I suspect there will be a random third loss in there somewhere. But I think he'll be I think he'll be fine overall. Jared, how do you feel about it? This is an easy cash. The easiest cash
0: we've done on a cash or trash in a while. I think he's going to be an absolute hit in Miami. And I, I kind of hate Miami after they dismantled Notre Dame in the, 20, the 2017 game. But I love Mario Cristobal. <laughs> I got to root for him. He played at Miami when they were the U. He won two championships there. He's bringing back some former players onto his staff from that era. And they also, this is a good sign, is they gave uh, Miami gave him the highest budget for hiring assistant coaches in the conference. So he's going to be able to, like, retain retain and attract the best talent, right? Part of that budget, by the way, went to their strength and conditioning coach from Oregon, Aaron Feld. You've probably seen him with the really, like, exaggerated handlebar mustache that goes in circles and stuff. That's him. He's from the Nick Saban coaching tree. He already, Bart, you mentioned that there might be a knock about not being able to win the big games. Then why did he beat Ohio State last year with a clearly inferior roster, first off? Oregon's a good brand, but Miami, like you said, it's in the heart of the South. It's um, I'm super excited to see what he can build there. He's, like I said, really easy to root for, including the fact that of all the head coaches that took a new role this year, he by far, I would say, left the most gracefully. He went on a local radio station, and he basically pitched the job, the Oregon job, to new hires. He kind of gave Oregon a head start in a way. So, Like you said, their recruiting class is 16th, but they are like third or fourth most years. From the last four years or so. So they're not, they don't have that much talent. And I agree, Bart. Clemson and AM are guaranteed losses. I actually think they're going to go eight and four. It's not going to be the greatest first season ever because Miami's kind of one of those rocky teams. But long term, so short term, I think Dan Lanning will do better next season. But long term, I think Crystal ball will be better and will stay there longer for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. If he's, he's a would. Miami guy, I'm sure he's going to try to be there for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, years and years.
1: I googled Aaron Feld's mustache, too. Oh, yeah. Crazy.
2: It's good.
4: Good mustache. It's good. Good No, it's good. Props. Mm.
1: All right. Well, with that, we're going to finish off our episode today with another Cash or Trash segment, but this time dealing with some uh, NFL offseason stories that have come up in the last week. Um, We're going to start with Jared's Cowboys. Apparently, they are planning on employing their quarterback, Dak Prescott, as a runner this season. Cash or trash? whether this is a good idea.
0: I wanted to cash it because I know why it's gonna say trash, <laughs> but um, I have to trash it. I mean, this is this is what da- got Dak hurt, and we don't want Dak hurt. We all in the field. I know he's a great athlete, but we see it; these like mobile quarterbacks decline really quickly if you're gonna try to use them as a runner. I don't want to see that happen, so I-, I have to trash this one. Wyatt, this is the easiest trash.
3: That we have had this entire episode Of course you paid him 40 million dollars Of course you don't want him to run Every other team with a running quarterback Wants their running quarterback to do it less Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson Jalen Hurts They don't want them running the football With as many carries as they have so far And maybe this doesn't mean Dak Prescott gets 10 touches Running the football But even just 2 more than what he's actually doing Is a bad idea May, will it be effective? I thought Dak Prescott was a pretty decent runner in college, but he just broke his ankle and you paid him $40 million. While well, you also have an $18 million running back in your backfield. <laughs> Why are you making the quarterback run? Mike McCarthy is not smart enough to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> oh my Why, God. Who, who does he think he is? No, don't make Dak Prescott run. I'm, that's an easy trash.
1: I agree. Uh, <laughs> <go> with that... <laughs> Uh, we're gonna move um, to the Carolina Panthers, who are reportedly urgently trying to trade for Baker Mayfield ahead of camp, um, so he can study the playbook, get to know the guys, et cetera, et cetera. So, why cash or trash? Will this be a good move for all parties involved?
3: It cash, yes. It'll be a good move for the Panthers because your alternative is Sam Darnold, and, uh, <laughs> and we have don't seen tell Colin even no. I know we all want to believe, and by we all, it's rhetoric, it's like the umbrella wheel. We all want to believe that Sam Darnold still has untapped potential that we have not <laughs> seen so far in the NFL. That after the, four, the first four years of his career being some of the worst years we've ever seen as a quarterback, that maybe he has a chance. No, Baker Mayfield has been infinitely better than Sam Darnold has. The Panthers need to have some sort of step forward in their locker room at the quarterback position. I know Robbie Anderson is thinking about retiring at the idea of Baker Mayfield coming in, but you cannot let that happen. You cannot let that. He said he was thinking about retiring Uh, because his options, his entire career has been Sam Darnold and his next best bet is, is Baker Mayfield. And look, the Panthers need some, some step in the right direction. I think that what they really would want is Matt Corral to be like this Fantastic young quarterback that they can sell to the owner to be like, well, give us give us two more years. Uh, but for Baker Mayfield, you have to cash it because where else is he going to get the opportunity? I would just be really wary of him being a long term starter for the Panthers because I don't know if Matt Rule has much more than this year left. You know, if even Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to cash it as well. Just going to think like both parties are in a situation where this is like the only real option for them at this point like from the Panthers' perspective like i don't know why it said it all about sam darnold but it was like a gamble you were betting on his upside but it's clear he's just like bad like there's no way and baker if he reaches his like 2020 form again like he's you know he's a decent enough quarterback and like you can bet on that. It's a clear upgrade from darnold and so from the Panthers' perspective absolutely do it and from Baker's perspective, it's the same thing too. Like the Browns clearly don't want him there, so like if the Panthers are going to take him and probably make him the starter, he might as well there too. Um, so it's just kind of a it's a cash, but only because like I think both parties are like.
3: It's like what else? It's all they what can else really can do. do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, next up, we're gonna move on to the Seahawks. DK Metcalf was absent from the Seahawks mandatory minicamp. or trash. Whether this means that DK might be on his way out of Seattle, Bart,
2: Tr- easy trash for a trash team, and that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Seahawks, and that I, I don't think he's on his way out. To clarify, uh, this is literally just about money. This is this is contract talks. This is this is him doing what players do literally every season. I think like literally Google X year NFL players skipping camp. You get a list of players doing it every single season. Like last year, who did it? The forthcoming MVP, Aaron Rodgers, did this exact same thing. He was even at OTAs this season. DK was. I'm, I'm 100% – okay, I'm like 99% certain that his agent was just like, you should probably skip camp and we'll, we'll get you a bigger contract. Apparently, they are even already saying contract talks will be coming in July. Like we have a date <laughs> listed. So I'm not worried about it.
1: Jared, what do you think?
2: I'm worried about it. I'm cashing. I don't think he's here in a year. I
0: think especially if they're trying to run it back with Drew Locke, there's no way DK Metcalf <laughs> is going to look at Devontae Adams killing it on the Raiders probably with all these other receivers moving to new places and say, yeah, I'm good in Seattle. There's no way he's doing that. And he's like wide receivers are forcing their way out all the time right now. It's easier to move a wide receiver than a QB. Like as we saw with Tyree Kill, they literally did it in a matter of hours. A.J. Brown even, that that happens super quickly. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be here. I know Pete Carroll said that Drew Locke would have been the first quarterback taken in this year's draft, but that's not saying that much. So um, I don't think D.K. Metcalf is will be a Seahawk in a year.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. All right, next up we're going to do some relocation uh, talk. So Dallas's mayor suggests that Dallas – Dallas could use a second NFL team. He invited the Chargers specifically, as they're, as they're in a legal dispute. <clears throat> so Aiden, cash or trash whether it's a good idea to have a second NFL team in Dallas?
4: Trash. It's a terrible idea. D- to start, second franchises only work when there's an opening for another team. Either because the area hasn't had like a long-tenured team, like LA with the Chargers and the Rams, or because everyone's like super unhappy and ready to jump ship from their team aka like why the nets moved to brooklyn the Nets have been the the knicks excuse me (laughs) had been disappointing for so long so people were liable to get out of there uh so in this case we're talking about like one of if not the most iconic sport french sports franchises of all time being the existing team in dallas the cowboys Mm -hmm. yes they've been disappointing of late but i'd imagine that you would be considered like absolutely treasonous If you started to root for the other team in Dallas and not the Cowboys, like you would be, I don't, yeah, I don't want to know what the people down in Texas would do to you if you ditch the Cowboys for whatever other team has joined. Um, and also if I were this other team, why would I move to Dallas just to be overshadowed? Like there's, there's no point. (laughs) Um, and I think it's just boring for league as a whole to concentrate teams in fewer cities when you could put them in a new city where, where they'll have like an actual identity. Like, why not go to, if you're going to go for Texas, go to, yeah, Portland. (laughs) Or you could go to San Antonio, which is, like, the number, I think it's, like, the seventh biggest U.S. city. Like, why not go there instead of Dallas? Like, what's the point? It's ridiculous.
0: What about Lubbock?
2: What about Fort Worth? (laughs) We don't want to, yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs) Nothing will attract free agents like (laughs) Lubbock. (laughs) Bart, what do you think?
2: i I really don't have much to add you you covered all of it. I think I will say this i the the like cruel part of me would like to see this happen in the <laughs> sense that I would like to see somebody stick it to Jared Jones because he seriously seems like he he must think he runs Dallas as a city. It's kind of it rubs me the wrong way, and so I'd like to just see how irritated he got uh and like you mentioned, Aiden, the Cowboys haven't been that good recently, and so part of me is like, well, they don't deserve to own all of the Dallas, you know football ecosystem anymore anyway they're certainly no longer america's team we could have two what? America's teams that's not true <laughs> maybe uh anyway yeah that's that's it's another discussion true.
4: you know if texas secedes is it still <laughs> <laughs> is it still america's team
2: i don't know <laughs> <Good point. laughs> uh, no but yeah I, and I'm, I'm right there with you like we if you're gonna add another you know expansion team put it in a city that doesn't have a team right now give san diego back Portland. their team give st louis back their team Portland, so many other choices. Don't go to Dallas.
3: Speak it into existence, Jared. Yeah. Also, just I wanted to add, for the sake of the Chargers, why would you be the second pop, second least popular team in your city to move again to still be the second most <laughs> popular team in your, your city? Yeah. Like they can't get anybody to show up in L.A. You think people are going to show up in Dallas? Dallas is a big market, though. We've talked about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: so is L.A. Put it so in Salt that. Lake. <laughs> Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, they could do it. It's a free agent hotbed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, our last cash or trash for the day deals with the Philadelphia Eagles, who updated their wordmark this past week. They're abandoning the ones they've had since 1996, and we're going to cash or trash whether this new logo is any good. I'm going to start. I'm going to, like, I don't know, slightly cash it. Oh. I don't know. I think it's it's divisive and I think change is hard for people, but the wordmark was due for an update. <laughs> <laughs> this has been... So, this is an update that was due for a while. This wordmark has been in place for my entire life. I was born in 1997. Wordmark came out in 96. I don't know. I don't know if any wordmark should exist that's older than I am. Um, I thought it was pretty out of date and looked like it was made in 1996. No! Um, yes, no. I do. I <laughs> no, I'll, yeah. I'll go after Aiden <laughs> does <desert. laughs> <laughs> Which I think if something looks like it was made in nineteen ninety six, it's too recent to be like old school cool, but it's mm. too new to be in style. And I feel like it just like looks like it like I don't know. It's made in the nineties. So I'll cash into in the sense that it just needs an update. As for the logo itself, I think it's fine. I think it's simple, it's clean, it conveys the message, the green's a nice color. It's really nothing I special.
2: It has to be yeah. letters. Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. That's it's spelled Eagles correctly. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Aiden, what do you think?
4: Uh, I'm trashing it, but I agree with you, Lucas, that I did not like the old one. Uh, I, I never liked it with its jagged edges. It looks like the logo of like a Kiss cover band. It, it really <laughs> does look dated. No, I agree with you. Uh, but the uh-huh. new one is just so uninteresting. It's just how long did they spend on this? You know, whoever was tasked with this redesign, it just really feels like they started the night before and <laughs> submitted that. You know, they were like, oh, shoot, that's tomorrow that mm-hmm. I have to submit that that new wordmark. Um, but anyway, like, the only thing that Calibri. stops this from just being a, yeah, a straight or... normal font is the, like, indent in the E's. And <laughs> yeah. that's just, that's not a showstopper. I just... <laughs> It's so Their wings, Aiden. They're wings. Oh <laughs> they're eagles. There you go. True. I guess I'm thinking more of just the straight up eagles bond. But yeah, yeah, the wings. That's fair. I just I don't have that much more to say on it. I just think it's like oppressively boring. That's that's all.
0: Oppressively
4: Wyatt. boring. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: <they're>, wow. <laughs> Why what do you have to
4: say on no, it? No, so there's
3: this war on there's this war on logos where it's like new designers are just flattening every design you possibly can. <laughs> And making them to be the most minimalist and boring thing you could possibly do, I thought that in 1996 they nailed it. Thought about this when it happened when I was I wasn't even born yet. Um, no, but in 1996 they nailed it with having like this like a timeless logo. That's exactly what you're trying to do when you make a logo. This logo could last forever. Perhaps it may maybe needed an update with some of the jagged edges, you know, being smoothed out a little bit. But like it has tons of personality. It matches the bird perfectly, the actual logo itself, and it looks, it looks fine. I think it looks just as good. Like I said, maybe you could smooth some things out or remove a couple things, move the gash in the middle of the first E, but overall, I mean, this is like too dramatic of a difference, and it's boring, and the other one is not. The other one's really good, and it was timeless.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at the Eagles logo, and I realized for the first time in 25 years of my life, or not, 24, I still have a week left of being 24. <laughs> this um, episode will be out it's... by the time you're 25. <laughs> yeah. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> Depending on how quick I get ahead. But anyway, it's the head of the Eagle. It's not like wings kind of behind it. It's just like the Eagle's head. The logo. Yeah, you didn't know that?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I didn't.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Wyatt, what? Anyway. What sort of company is this? Is the Eagles for? I say I, telecom. I, I say telecom. Yeah,
3: probably. I don't exactly. Logistics. It feels. <laughs> you can't can 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 say logistics. Logistics, logistics yeah. is the fallback. So nine <laughs> and three is the
2: fallback, and then logistics is the fallback. <laughs>
3: yeah. Did I say that about a Rams as well?
2: Yeah. So the logistics. Rams feel like a tech it company. It probably applied, though.
4: Not, not going to lie. Mm-hmm.
3: The Rams feel like, like a new age construction company. Yeah. <laughs> But this this is definitely logistics. Like, I okay. could see that on the side of a truck. Okay. The other one, football.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, the
3: Eagles were an inspiration for our very first The You Thought logo back in the day. The Eagles oh. and I think the Seahawks were my two inspirations for the, the bold outlining of everything. So thanks, Eagles. Yeah, you've you've cool. taken the fun out of everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seahawks are next on the list. They'll, they'll flatten it out too. Exactly.
0: Yeah, we need to get some neon electric green jerseys. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Alright, well while we wait for those, you can listen to our entire back catalog of podcasts. <laughs> um you know, it's on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud, and it's on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, rate us five stars. We love it. Um and we love you. And so thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.